Hey, wine and real estate listeners, it's Jason Lowe from episode number 129. At Ascendant Financial, ibcforme.com, we specialize in teaching real estate investors all across Canada, the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Do you also find it frustrating when it becomes difficult to access the financing that you need or when interest rates in the housing market moves against you? And when there's unexpected prolonged vacancy or expensive repairs, are you tired of transferring all that money away from you? We have the solution at ibcforme.com. By becoming your own banker, anything that you're already doing financially, including real estate investing, is radically improved. Whether utilizing this process for down payments or for entire real estate purchases, becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept, puts you in a position of total and absolute control over the repayment schedule of your loans while enhancing your overall returns. So whether you're a new real estate investor or a seasoned real estate investor, we believe that ready access to money to take advantage of high caliber opportunities and all the financial control should be in your hands, not the banks and not some loan officer. We have an exclusive and irresistible package for wine and real estate podcast listeners. And so if you want the best way to build and deploy capital, easier access to money, better returns, less headaches, head on over to ibcforme.com. That's ibcforme.com. Hello, everyone. So as usual, I'm really excited. I have an awesome guest, uh, Cherry Chan, my accountant with her team. You guys have been uh, pulling your hair out doing my books for a few years now. <laughs> and you know how crazy I am. So yes, but I'm so glad to have you. I've, I've read your book. I've been watching your YouTube channel for years. Uh, listening to uh, interviews with yourself and your husband as well and following along and um, welcome Cherry for those that don't know you could you give us maybe a little intro about who you are and what do you do so uh, thank you so much first of all I need to thank you because it's always um, to me it's always nice to witness the growth of my clients um, in their real estate journey so one thing that that's about you as well. I wanted to say before I get started to introduce myself is the journey that you've been on. And it's, it's quite a journey that I've witnessed, um, aside from the craziness in the books. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am an accountant. I My accounting business uh, focus on working with real estate investors that um, invest in, the, in can, can, the Canadian market as well as in the U.S. market as well. Very cool. Also, oh, you do help with the U.S. then. Yeah, we just started that service, so we Great. are just telling, yes, yes, yes. So I can finally declare my U.S. deals. <laughs> oh, well, it's part of life. So this is great because uh, lots of more and more people are doing cross-border investing. I'm sure many of your clients, that's why, are starting to look beyond Canada for cash flow. And just before we came on air, um, I'm going to forget about your intro. Well, we did introduce you. Uh, before we came on air, we were talking about where should you buy? And a lot of people are like, oh, I need to buy in my city or my town. And that's it. But personally, I actually don't buy in Ottawa where I live anymore. If I found a deal that cash flowed, I would buy it for sure. But I haven't seen one of those in a few years now. So I am looking beyond the borders of Ontario and Canada as well. So this is great. But Sherry, what are your top tips for somebody buying beyond their uh, their current location? 
I think uh, the best thing is to make sure that you have a strong team. Um, we haven't ventured outside of our comfort zone, to be honest. Like we've invested in multiple cities in the past, all local within like two hours drive from my home. And once I found that I have to invest it in multiple cities, um, I need to build a team in different cities. So yeah. I became really scattered. Like I need a property manager in city one. Uh, well, actually I invest in St. Catharines and Hamilton and in the past also Brentford. Um, so I, I need a, a handyman in St. Catharines and then I need another one in Hamilton and then another one in Brentford. It just makes everything so difficult in terms of managing. So I found that the best thing is to make sure that you have a strong team and a strong local network before you commit to invest in that particular city. I don't know about you, like you have way more experience uh, doing the international investment and also uh, out of province investment. Yeah, but it, it, I agree with you. It is a bit scary. And yes, you need to build a power team. And some of my experiences did not go so well. I'll be very frank, like Costa Rica, it's been great, but there were some challenges. The property I bought there, I think every single appliance broke down in the house. We had electrical problems. We I think we've had almost everything. The roof, I guess the roof did not leak. There you go. Oh, <laughs> so we're good. And the pool did not flood. So yeah, it's re. but I mean, I kind of enjoyed the process because now I know what not to do and I can tell others as well. Um, but yeah, we need solid teams like yourself and your team. So a good accountant for Canada and now the US, which is amazing. Uh, Costa Rica and other countries, it is complicated. There's no tax treaties, uh, which, yeah, complicates things a lot. Maybe are you well versed in that, like tax treaties or? Yeah, so we have to look up the, um, uh, the tax treaty with the area or the country that you're investing in before we can advise in terms of structure. Um, so we had someone that is uh, currently looking into buying in one of the Caribbean islands. And as it turns out, there is a local, like a very favorable uh tax treatment locally for foreign investor, uh, whereby they just need to set up a private foundation and they only get taxed on for 2% as, um, as they earn the rental income. Wow. Which is fantastic. But then when the money is brought back or when the money, uh, but because the ownership is still retained by the Canadian taxpayer on the Canadian side, you still need to report that you still have the obligation. And because there is no tax treaty between that particular Caribbean island and uh, the Canadian government, Canadian side, so then you're essentially paying that 2% plus your Canadian tax. Mm, which, which could add up to a lot, especially if it's in your personal name and you're already in a high income uh, bracket, it could get difficult. So things to yeah, consider. Absolutely. It looks exciting. The islands, it's gorgeous. But what are the repercussions? As well. Yeah, so like one of the things is to make sure that you understand the tax implication before you start investing over there. Um, I think a lot of clients also decided to move to um, not as adventurous as you or more adventurous than you move all the way to Costa Rica without really talking to the accountant and understanding what the tax implication is before you do that. So once you understand it, at least you know what are your worst case scenario, the steps involved in terms of leaving Canada as a tax resident. You're not leaving Canada as a citizen, but you're leaving Canada as a tax resident. And there are some taxes and paperwork that you have to deal with. And those are all the tips that I could share because I know a lot of people are waiting to leave Canada these days. 
Yeah, and it's I was reading on that. That's like quite a challenge. So can your team help um, our listeners prepare for something like that? Because there's like deemed dispositions and all kinds of things to consider. Yeah. I thought yeah. about it. And I'm like, mm, seems complicated. Forget it. <laughs> I personally, like personally, because I moved from, I guess, like years and years ago, to over 20 years ago, I moved from Hong Kong to Canada. And the longer that I stay here um the more i appreciate canada like i mean i see yeah i see in the u.s i i know a lot of people moving to florida or moving to the states for bigger and better opportunities and sure enough there are bigger and better opportunities but at the same time there are all these political unrest social unrest that we have but much smaller scale yeah um and then I came from the east side of the world and the eastern side of the world has its own challenges as well. Mm -hmm. There is no perfect political system. So I personally really like being in Canada. And having said all that, if you do decide to make that personal big jump to move to a different country permanently, the first thing that you need to decide is to make sure that you permanently leave. You sever the tie in terms of tax uh, language. You essentially need to have at least have a long-term lease on your primary residence to show that you're not coming back, show your intention that you're not coming back in the short term just to get away from taxes. So, and, and there are elections and there are paperwork and there are deemed disposition of assets, or alternatively, there are, there are collaterals that you need to put up and approve by CLA to get it all settled before you decide to go. Yeah, instead of going and then trying to fix things at a distance. Yes, <laughs> which yes. I'm sure yes. it's happening a lot right now. <laughs> I've had um, I've had my client looking at me getting really upset. I'm just like, I'm just the messenger. You should have come to me so I can prepare you for it. And then we don't have issues, um, unexpected tax bill. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's really where things are. And even banking is complicated and your money in Canada, people think, oh, yeah, I can just transfer the funds. But when you're no longer in Canada, the banks tend to kind of close up. Yes, it is your money, but you're not here to approve things. And there's all kinds of complications. So interesting things. Hey, everyone, just wanted to pause and share with you a financing tip that helped us scale our portfolio and can help you too. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. I am getting the question of the century these days, which is, if my mortgage renewal is coming up or if I am purchasing a new property, should I take a fixed or a variable rate mortgage? To answer this question, I consulted with my rates oracle and unfortunately, this time her crystal ball is not working. So I'm going to share my observations and thoughts on how you can make the rate decision that is right for you right now. Up until the recent Bank of Canada rate increase in September, the five years variable rates had an advantage over the five years fixed rates. This edge has since diminished. The lowest national five years uninsured variable rate right now is at 49 and the lowest national five years fixed rate is at 4.84. 
and we are not yet at the top of the hill for variable rate increases. Given the tone of the Bank of Canada during the last meeting, that inflation is still persistent, although the average core inflation dropped to 5.23 from a revised record high of 5.43 in July, the market now expects that there will be another estimated 75 points off increase to the Bank of Canada's overnight rate by the end of 2022. It is likely that this will be the last round of increases, but the final decision, as we all know, will be guided by where inflation, unemployment, and GDP are at at the end of the year. If history repeats itself, the central banks eventually lift off their feet off the brakes to re-stimulate the economy once inflation is in check. This won't happen anytime soon, but it is possibly going to happen sometime in 2024, according to many industry experts. With this in mind, although the five years fixed rates right now seem to be more attractive, if you choose to go with a five years fixed term, you would be locking in at the height of the rate cycle. If you can't sleep at night or want the certainty of having a fixed payment, I suggest one of two options right now. The first option is to go with a shorter term fixed rate of a one or a two years term, or to take a five years variable rate mortgage with a fixed payment. And when the prime rate goes up, your payment will remain stable, but the allocation of how much goes towards principal versus interest changes. When rates go up, more goes towards interest. If you can sleep at night and you want to stay on track, of paying down your mortgage as rates rise, then stick with an adjustable rate mortgage as the payment will change as the rates change and you would still pay down principal as per the original plan and as per your original amortization schedule. With the variable or adjustable rate mortgage options, you will position yourself to benefit from the savings that will kick in once the rate starts to go down again in the future for the remaining term of the mortgage. For the one to two years fixed rate choices, you will likely have more attractive rate options to select from in the future at the end of the term. If you are selling a property and buying a new one and the closing is within 90 days, I would like to remind you of something very, very important right now. I'd like to remind you that you may be standing on gold and that you may be able to port a very attractive low rate fixed mortgage or a great variable rate mortgage with a great discount from your previous property over to the new property. So check with your lender if your mortgage is portable and you will have to qualify to port it. So do not discount that option and think that you must break away from the previous mortgage and get a new one at today's rates. If you have a mortgage coming up for renewal in the next six months, my suggestion is to look into that renewal early on and not wait for the last minute. So this way you can benefit from locking in options now and being ahead of the curve of any future rate increases. If you're looking for guidance on your rate choice, or if you have a renewal coming up and you're looking to explore your options, 
feel free to reach out to myself and my team at info at streetwisemortgages.com and we would be happy to guide you. Where do you see the opportunities, Cherry, to invest in Canada right now? Like, especially with these kind of uncertain times, do you see a silver lining? Because I do, but I'd love to hear your viewpoint. I think, um, I think the market will never be going straight up, right? It's always going up, which was substantial in terms of real estate. And even the stock market is crazy all the way yeah. up. And then now it's dropped. And then guess what? The long term is still going up. So to me, this is like the best time to invest. Maybe, maybe some people's opinion is like wait for, for a couple more months for the market to fully digest the, the interest rate changed. increase. Yeah. And then also the inflation and let the recession fully sink in. But the key to me is, hey, like, I think this is the best time to buy. If you have the money in um, available or credit available, this is the time to buy some cash flowing assets. Uh, the rent is going really strong. I think I saw some posts that say, says that year over year, the increase in Hamilton is 21% rent. Wow. Yeah, Finally, because we've been waiting for that. Like rent was kind of flatlining for a while. So yeah, exactly. So like there is some strong increase in terms of rent. And as our uh, economy is opening up, um, I mean, you know, Joanne, um, from Joanne, uh, my part business partner, she owns a couple of uh, investment properties in the North York area uh, condos. And there are tons and tons of these visa students uh, putting offers in. They all look identical. They are all willing to give you six months upfront. So the wow. market is getting stronger and the co competition is out there. So you can see that like one day, maybe not today, you don't see the price increase, but over the long run, it's going to go up. Provided that our immigration number is still going to keep up, which it is, it hasn't changed. And also the building number is declining at this moment as well. So yeah, that's it. So it's creating more scarcity of units. So yes, people are staying maybe in their homes. If you look at single family homes, and that's not really the market anyway for most investors, unless you're adding basement suites or doing conversions, but single homes are not moving as fast, but rental properties are still red hot and moving quickly. Yes, the interest rates are higher, but you can deduct that. That's a business expense as well. So, I mean, within reason, I, you shouldn't go with 40% interest, but um, what is kind of a threshold? Where do you think if the interest reaches 10% or something, would that be just way too much or? I don't think the, the, the government would be able to afford a 10%, like reach the 10% mark. That's just a reality, right? Yeah. The government would have sort like they, the government around the world, even our city and our provinces has or in the state as the states, they have so much debt and how do they refinance those debts in the past? They just reissue some of the, the debt with lower interest to cover the original one. And I think I was just watching one of the uh, economic update video today. And um, the mentioning is that, Hey, we, the, the employment claim in the U S has um, year over year has gone up substantially. It's a sign of, uh, recession. And yeah. I don't think the government can actually afford to increase the rate to 10% per se. So I don't think that would be an issue, at least not in the short run. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm wondering as well. If they do that, the economy crashes. 
unemployment rises, which means less people paying taxes and then less revenue for the government to pay for all this debt. So there's a fine balance. And I'm, yeah, I think we're the, la the next increase coming up. Uh, we're recording this in August, but in September, there's another increase in rates that's coming or looming. And I think I'm hoping that's kind of it. I read as well that interest rates are going down for fixed rate mortgages. So by a half point at some, some point. So yeah. I think there's some interesting things to, to do. So, uh, Cherry, so what's, what's new with your team? I think there's been some expansion, some growth as well for your accounting team. Are there some new things? I know you mentioned the U S anything else new at your firm. So we are constantly improving our service offering, um, as you know, like because we see our investors and our, our client base. Uh, one thing is to try to expand into the U.S. market, the cross-border market, not necessarily yeah. focusing on the U.S. citizen side, but rather focusing on the Canadian people who are investing in the U.S. market. Uh, the other thing that we are currently working on um, is to make sure that our clientele would be able to grow sustainably. So let me just use an example to explain. Some people are not as uh, good in terms of as strong in terms of managing their cash flow. And sometimes they just keep buying and buying. And we've had, um, uh, we've had, fortunately, not our client, we've had a couple of uh, incidents that we know of that the uh, investor was going through bankruptcy protection because they oh aren't my. able to service the debt and with the interest increase. So that's the part that we're trying to educate our clients and prepare our clients for like, Hey, here's the way that we look at the metrics and here is what we invest. Of course you can invest in 10, 20 pre-construction condos. And if you have a way to finance it, great. Cause uh, there are pre-construction condo that you can finance it the way that you um, you can take all the money out essentially you just put the money down and then you take all the money out if you have that flexibility in your life great if you don't those are cash negative uh, properties yeah. and let's try to avoid having those as well and the last thing is i'm going to do hopefully do this whole education piece in our conference at wild hacker conference um we're hosting a while me and my husband or one together are hosting Wealth Hacker Conference on November 12th. Uh, our targeting people are hardworking Canadians who are seeking financial freedom. Um, I know our topic today is just wine and real estate. I don't have wine here, but um, I was waiting for Francois to send me a bottle of wine, but it's not uh, here. Sorry. Just kidding. <laughs> but um, I know our topic is wine and real estate, but real estate is just uh, a mean to an end. Yeah, our it's end one vehicle. Exactly. So we've seen studies showing that U.S. Um, middle class is worth a lot more than the Canadian middle class, and they actually put a lot of money on the stock side. Yeah. There are other other stuff that people put in, and so we want to use the Wealth Hacker Conference as a platform to share what other people are doing in yeah. their lives to build their net worth and achieve their long term goal. Again, real estate is only the long term play; is a mean to an end. I love real estate because I know it so well. It doesn't mean that other way to go to get to the same goal is not feasible. So that's why we're using that as a platform and we welcome everyone to join us. No, and I love it. And I, unfortunately, I will be in Costa Rica on, on that date. Otherwise, I would have been there. 
but I agree with you. It's important to have a balanced portfolio. So I'm very real estate heavy. I need to do something else. I've tried the stock hacking, but I, yeah, I don't get it. So I do need some more training, but I think it's important to have, yes, some money in the stocks, maybe for cash flow as well, because properties more and more do not bring in as much cash flow as they did. There's a bit of a cash crunch. So if you have that more liquid investment in stocks and then you have the real estate for the long term, more like retirement for your kids, generational wealth, I think is great. That's also why I do short term rentals in other countries for that cash flow. But again, that's cat, that's real estate heavy. So it's interesting to, to hear about stocks. And I know you're very competitive. I hear your husband saying uh, you guys are competing and have all kinds of he compares notes like his stock is doing better than yours and it's the opposite. And so it's fun, though. It's also a, a game, I guess, if you understand what you're doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We do compare and we do um, we do compare with like we compete with each other on multiple different levels, our businesses, and then our um, golf game. Recently, he got into golf. So we also compare our notes on Ooh. golf. <laughs> um, I golf for so many years and I'm not good, but uh, he's just starting. And as you know, like golf, it's not the easiest spot, sport no. to pick up. And that's why he's like struggling a little bit. And he constantly asks me all these questions that I don't know how to answer. Oh, I have my cup face open and it's like further away. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I golf with my feel. Just <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yes. So it, it, it is an interesting dynamic with, um, with him for sure. Very cool. And then, um, so some changes to, uh, let's go back to accounting maybe since we've yep. done kind of a full circle. Are there some new rules or new things that people are not taking advantage of? Like I know there's every year with income taxes, there's some new deductions or things people took for granted that are gone or some things you think our listeners should uh, be aware of. You're literally putting me on the spot. Um, let me just think about it uh, in a little bit. Um, okay, so the biggest thing that is going to start winding down is the, um, in my world anyway, is um, I just recently got a hold of the Tesla that I ordered last year, last October. And I got it last oh, wow. week. And um, the, basically when you buy an uh, electrical vehicle, you are qualified. There is a definition on CRA's website um, with certain type of emission amounts and you would qualify. Um, you Once you buy that vehicle and you're using that vehicle to run your business, you would be eligible for a deduction. Whether or not it's Tesla or a regular car, you would. But for a regular gas uh, field car, um, the maximum amount of deduction you can get is 30000 And you have to claim that 30000 over a number of years. But with a, a qualified electric vehicle, that thirty thousand is increased to fifty five thousand dollars. Oh, okay. So now, and then you can write it all off the first year. Oh, bang! One year. Okay, wow, that's nuts. Yeah. If you have so, capital gains or something, great time to buy. <laughs> exactly, but then that's also based on the amount of business usage that you have for that mm. vehicle in that particular year. So, like, there are all these, um, all these, uh, I guess the the intricacies that you have to pay attention to, but that's also going away starting in 2024, like gradually going away. So make sure that you take advantage of it if you are interested in something like that. Um, the other thing is that in 
2022, our Ontario government is giving away some money, uh, the staycation tax credit. If you are yes. spending the money in Ontario, uh, whether you're using Airbnb or a hotel, if you keep the receipt, you would be able to get some money back at the end of the year. Oh, and I did just that, so I better remember. <laughs> exactly. So then um, there are a couple of new things that are coming up uh, down the pipeline. Um, one thing is assignment sales, specific to real estate. Um, assignment sale in the past, it goes back to what you are, what your intention with that pre-construction home purchase was. Um, going back a little bit, assignment sale is that when you commit to purchase a property, uh, before closing, you decide to assign the right or sell the right to close this property to someone else for a fee. And that amount, that incremental profit that you make, if your in original intention is really to live it live into the property, you have a, po a possibility to report that profit that you make from the assignment as part of your uh, capital gain. And I think they're taking that completely away. Um, the other thing is that uh, you're also subject to HST. And I think they are also saying that you are subject to HST. Um, the other thing is about flipping. So profit flips, um, if you sell the property within one year after you close the property, um, in the past, again, it goes back to your uh, intention, intention okay. and everything like, and all the, all the criteria surrounding the, the fact, uh, the decision nowadays, they are making it uh, clear cut anything under one year for sure. It is going to be hundred percent taxable in the past. It was, it would have been capital gain. It could have been capital gain. If you have the right condition going for you. Nowadays, under one year, it is all 100% taxable. And it starts next year. So it starts in January 1st, 2023. Ouch. So if you're a high income earner and then you tack on that sale, that could be quite tough. So if you hold it in a corporation, would that, I guess, help, help a bit, mitigate some of it? or? Absolutely. So if you report the sale or if you have everything held in the corporation, um, you would be paying only 12.2% tax on the profit that you make. So let's say you buy a property for 500,000, put $100,000 into the uh, renovation and you sell it and turn around and sell it for um, uh, 650. So you made $50,000. That $50,000 in personal side, if you report it, um, that $50,000 could subject to as high as 53.5% tax in Ontario. But that $50,000, if you report it in, your per, uh, in the corporation's name, you would be able to uh, uh, pay as little as 12.2% tax. That's great. So yeah, because I get asked all the time, why should I get a corporation if it's passive income? It's 50%. I'm like, this is beyond my pay grade. Speak to Cherry. <laughs> so Thank you. I appreciate that. No, it's true. Because I mean, you have to be a specialist in what you do. And that's what your firm does is it's a specialty. You know all about real estate tips and tricks. And I'm always amazed when I get my final report. I'm like, what? I was expecting to pay a big bill and no, I get a return or or this move there. Okay, I never thought this would go here. So some great, uh, great tips and tricks inside. So <laughs> we, we are doing everything legitimately for the record. Absolutely. It's just that we have to put it in the right bucket which I don't, I just shove it wherever it fits and then, <laughs> and then surprise. So yeah. yeah, so it's not good. You need to put it in the right bucket, like you said. And there's an order to things as well, like certain things like personal income and deductions yeah. and 
there's a there's a formula behind all this madness that we do every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so much behind all our complicated tax system. I wish it could be as simple as um, uh, what back in the days, not back in the days. I've never paid any taxes when I was in Hong Kong because I was I left when I was seventeen. Um, I, from my understanding, in Hong Kong, all you need to pay is the 15% tax. And there, then you have personal tax exemption, certain things as well. But 15% is flat rate. Whether wow. you make a million dollars, you pay 15%, or you make $200,000, you still wow. pay that 15%. That would be really easy. Yeah, and there's countries uh, like, du well, it's not a country, but Dubai, where there is yep. no tax. So if you live there, then you don't pay taxes. That would be be weird i wonder what accountants do over there i guess is more there must be sales taxes or something or so sales tax over there was just implemented recently because i mm. just had my friend coming from dubai visiting us and then she's like yeah we just started uh charging sales tax recently because they were doing so well selling oil so they don't yeah. really need to charge anybody but as a foreigner living in dubai you're not also not allowed to buy real estate locally until this year and yeah that's sort of new now you can buy but i mean i think some sort of taxation system will pop up at some point oh <laughs> yeah pay for, for sure. their roles and yeah that, that's the system i mean you need to sustain at some point healthcare or whatever so i i like what you're saying you should be i don't know how you say it but you should be happy you're paying taxes not you want to pay lots, but I mean, it's a good sign. If you're paying taxes, that means you're making money. So I'm not oh, quoting absolutely. you right, but. <laughs> no, 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 it, it's, it, it's true. Like we have, um, uh, I remember we have uh, last time when we hosted the Wealth Hacker Conference, uh, we had Grant Cardone. Um, Grant Cardone is a big name in real estate. Um, yes. He does a lot of social media and everything. And one of the video that he did was that, oh, I never need to pay any taxes. Every time I need to pay any taxes, I just buy something. Yeah. So the year that he did that video, he actually bought a plane. Wow. <laughs> and in the US, when you buy a plane, you can write it all off over a number of years. And wow. because the amount is astronomical, and so then therefore, yeah, so then he doesn't need to pay tax. So is it a good thing? You're also committing to, you know, you're also committing to such a big liability because yeah. you finance the purchase of the plane. It's similar to what we do with my car, Tesla. If I, I bought the Tesla, I mean, not me personally, actually, my husband is the one who bought it. Um, he bought a Tesla to run his business and we commit to such a big liability. We get the upfront deduction, which is great. It's because we actually need a car. It's yeah. not like my lease is ending. It's not like I'm creating this new thing out of thin air that I don't need the car. Sometimes we have to step back and instead of thinking, hey, I'm not paying taxes, but I have to spend like a lot of money just so to that not I can pay, pay taxes. Yeah. Or I am, I really have that need. It's just that I can choose to pay, to pick the car that would give me a bigger deduction. That's the different yeah story right because you can pay ev versus a regular car versus you know like you whatever is, yeah i mean he has his business reason his plane helps him to elevate his image as well so yeah for sure for for a guy like him i totally get it i mean you need a plane a private jet and a pilot and the insurance and the fuel and all that fun stuff that goes with it which i don't want to pay i'd rather fly 
commercial not, for now. Yeah, 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 yeah. When we are there, we will be there. We, you will know. All, all of us will know. <laughs> that's it. At some point, yeah, we're all going to be on our private jets. Exactly. <laughs> Wow, well, time flies. Thanks so much, Cherry, for spending a few minutes with me on Wine and Real Estate to share a bit about your experience and a variety of things. And if our listeners want to get a hold of you and your team, what's the best way to reach out? So I am on pretty much all social media. Believe it, believe it or not, I am also on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I don't dance there. I'm sorry. My TikTok video is the most boring TikTok videos you can find. Uh, but I'm on YouTube. I'm on Instagram. I'm on um, also Facebook. And all the uh, social media handles are real estate tax tips. And then I'm also um, I'm also having my own um, blog post that I share, the tax tips that I share on a weekly basis. And uh, you can find me on realestatetaxtips.ca. And they're amazing. I invite everybody to really check them out. Easy to read and you really make it simple to understand accounting. I'm not a numbers guy. So when I read it, I'm like, oh, I get it now. It makes sense. Awesome. <laughs> it's all Thank about you. positioning and yeah, it's very well put. And then you have your conference coming up on November 12th. Yes. So uh, is it on realestatetaxtips.ca? We can find out more. So you can go to wildhacker.ca to find out more. And this year we have Jesse Itzler as our um, keynote speaker. And uh, do, have you ever heard of Jesse Itzler? No. So we picked the best um, keynote speaker. So Jesse Itzler is, um, have you ever heard of Spanx? Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> yes. So Jesse Itzler is Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx's um, uh, husband. But he wow. himself is a very accomplished businessman. He slept on probably on 20 couches uh, in his early 20s, trying to become a successful rapper to oh. finding Marky Jet. Marky Jets is the, I guess, the biggest uh, private uh, um, time card, kind of like timeshare, time okay. card uh, jet company, timeshare company. Yes, um, I've and, heard about that. Oh, that's yeah. cool. And then he sold it to a business that's uh, owned by Warren Buffett. So Warren Buffett essentially bought that business from him. And then he um, partnered up with Zico and helped Zico sold to Coca-Cola. And then now they're buying Zico back from Coca-Cola. So it's, it's very, he's a very accomplished businessman on his own. Wow, it's going to be amazing. So Everybody, you have to check it out. And where is it taking place? It's somewhere in the GTA? Yes, it's in Toronto Congress Center, so 15 minutes away from the Toronto airport. Perfect. Great location. Easy. Fly in, fly out. And all ex business expenses because there's education and Cherry Absolutely. and her team can help you expense it. <laughs> yes, only if you work with us, though. That's it. That's the only way. <laughs> Yes. Well, absolutely. thank you so much, Cherry. I can't wait. We'll have to catch up maybe um, maybe live at next year's, not this one, but next year's Wealth Hacker Conference. And maybe uh, I can find out more about what's next and what's new. Yeah, maybe I'll come to Ottawa in October. Ooh, that'd be lovely. Let me know and I'd love yeah. to have you. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. Well, thank Take you. care. Bye. Hello, wine and real estate listeners. Jason Lowe here from episode number 129. Access to financing and dealing with the banks can be frustrating. We've all felt it. 
Every payment that you make, whether it's the mortgages, property taxes, repairs and maintenance, unplanned vacancy, every single transaction is a permanent transfer of money away from you, making the wheels of the banking business and the real estate business turn. In other words, you're doing all the work and everyone else is getting all your money. Let me show you everything that I know from my 15 years of experience teaching people the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept all across Canada. All you need to do is head on over to ibc4me.com. Again, that's ibc4me.com. And I will give you the blueprint to solve the problem. Again, that's ibc4me.com. Whatever your real estate and wealth building goals are, I promise you the infinite banking concept is the best process to get you there. I encourage you to take the next step. Simply head on over to ibc4me.com. Again, that's ibc4me.com. And if you think you can't afford to do that right away, well, let me tell you, you can't afford not to discover this. I truly believe that what you'll learn will open your eyes to a whole new financial world. Hey there, listeners. We hope you enjoy this latest episode of the Wine and Real Estate Podcast. Yes, absolutely. You can find us on Instagram. Our handle is wine underscore and underscore real estate. So wine and real estate on Facebook, FL Homes Corp. And you can also find us on our YouTube channel. Yes. And please make sure to give us a rating, five stars mm -hmm. or any comments. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we love suggestions as well. Cheers. Yeah. Chin chin. Thank you.